Welcome back to episode 16 of the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Uh, once again, you're joined by host Aaron and Steve. And yep. uh, apologies for my broken voice, uh, but we'll try to do make do. Anyway, first first things first, there's been some news over the Tory party again. <laughs> when will it Stonson. end, Jeff? When will it end, he asked. No, I don't think it will ever end. But essentially, uh, Boris Johnson has been found lying over paying for renovations in his flat in, on Downing Street. And uh, according to sources, the renovation funds came from a third party. It was uh, from a Tory donor. Uh, obviously, this has conflicts of interest. On top of all, you know, on top of everything else that they've managed to create a, a you know, a flop of, like, this had to come out, didn't it? <laughs> Do you think this damages him, though? Because, like... No, man, the guy's Teflon. He's Teflon. Nothing's happening to him. Nothing's happening, is it? I don't know. It's yeah, weird. Like... I was listening to LBC at work today, and uh, a caller called in and said, well, he can't live in a squalor. Of course he's going to have to make do, you know. Of course he's going to have to do renovations. And I'm thinking, mate, he does not live in a squalor. Like, are you not being serious? They're talking about something like uh, more than 100,000 pounds spent i I can't Mm. i don't know the exact story ins and outs of it initially they said that he used taxpayers funds and then they said no no it was you know tony it was the tory party donors that paid for it but then he didn't declare it within a month so then that's against the law as well you're supposed to declare where you're doing getting this money from so um that's how i know it i could be wrong but that's kind of my understanding of what happened but, I mean, know, according I to like, BBC, it's exactly yeah. that. So. Oh, is that what happened? Is that what it says on BBC? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, man. I mean, we know the guy just recently admitted that he, he, you know, was was cheating on his wife and he was having an affair with that Curry or whatever her name is, the American woman. And again, he used public funds to take her gallivanting around the world, so you know, on little holidays and getaways and stuff. So, and you know, we were we were paying for that, so. I don't know. I feel like every week is a new scandal. And if, you know, at this point, he's Teflon, isn't he? Nothing's happening to him. He's he's going to stay here. There's something about Dominic Cummings. Uh, he is thinking that he is leaking texts and stuff. Uh, and that's another scandal in and of itself. I don't know if you have any information about that one. but mm, No, I, I don't. But all I know is that uh, apparently he's been given a loan for the renovations. So it's not about renovation itself. I mean, the if it's that bad the government will pay for it anyway do you know what I mean it's like it's Downing Street but it's the fact that we don't know who the third is and the fact that that money you know who, who is he beholden to like who is this donor because it's kind of confirmed that it was a donor but no one knows who <laughs> do you know what I mean like I don't know it's, it's a bit crazy yeah I mean there was a lobbying scandal obviously with uh, David Cameron and he just went oh I probably shouldn't have done that and again he's really not faced any repercussions as of yet so we don't really know what's going on there you know with Matt Hancock he's given uh you know a contract for PPE to his sister's firm which he owns 30% of which in my opinion is like how much more corrupt than that can you get mm. uh, obviously Boris Johnson his gaffes don't end and you're thinking really like none of this is gonna like every week you're like oh that's another reason why if this was anyone else they would have been out of their job right now but yeah yeah. and and, you know potentially in prison really because when you look at it it's just blatant corruption and we we kind of in the west mock uh eastern countries that have corrupt governments but we're watching one unfold before our eyes so i mean it's it's a strange time to be alive um yeah it's mad dodgy yeah i don't know man i just feel like what what can boris do to actually 
for the British public to turn on him. And I just think at this point, you know, it's. I mean, didn't nothing, he basically he'll do whatever he wants, and he will never he will never have to face any kind of repercussions. Didn't he also say something along the lines of uh, he was asked about you know whether a fair lockdown is on the cards, and he said something along the lines of you know I'd rather see the bodies pile high up before I see a third lockdown. You know? Yeah, so um, many. Uh, so obviously, I think Downing Street's kind of denied that they've said that that he said that, but many credible journalists have come out and said that he did say it roughly six months ago. But whether or not he said it, I mean, is it believable that Boris Johnson would say something like that? Absolutely, because he says all sorts of terrible shit all the time. But what's strange to me is if all these journalists knew he said it six months ago, why did they not mm. report it six months ago? That's a very good like, question. This client journalism yeah. that we've got going on in the country right now is ridiculous. It's like, who's paying your paycheck for you to be sitting on information like that for six months? Mm-mm. And only to come out at like a crucial time, to be honest. you know. Yeah, I just feel like, yeah. has something happened behind the scenes? Have they turned on Boris? You know, because the media suddenly kind of flipped the script a little bit as well. Every week we're seeing more and more like leaked texts and, oh, Boris actually said this. So it's like, is something happening that we're not aware of behind the scenes where they kind of, they've had enough of Boris, they want to bring mm. someone else in? Because again, another newspaper, I, I, I can't remember, but it, it kind of said yeah. that there were many little subgroups being commi- uh, created within the Tory party in the event that Boris is no longer the leader. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, like, you're, you know, I mean, you see, you see it with Cummings. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you see it with like his form. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that time again, you know, it happened with Theresa May, they're starting to turn around and, you know, tr- I think they're trying to cut up the landscape before he leaves. I think it's inevitable that he's going to go. Um, I don't see him. But the funny thing is, is Steve, it's not like uh, this is the first is time he's come out. Your voice is going and you're a bit delayed as well. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now, but your voice just went for a second, yeah. This is, oh, this is yeah, great. This is us at our peak right now. This is peak podcasting, but yeah, carry on. <laughs> I was saying like you know like everyone's turning around and but the thing is with Boris he keeps getting away with it and character assassination doesn't work with this guy like he is Mr you know do you know why though I think this time it might it might actually something might happen because as I said usually with 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 the way journalism has become in the UK it's like client journalism where they protect their client right so six months ago Mm. if, if Boris said that why did you sit on it for six months? So before they sat on it because they wanted him. They wanted him to be around. They didn't want the public opinion to turn against him. But clearly now, for whatever reason, they don't care. So now they, all these leaks are coming out. Whether it's Dominic Cummings doing it or not, that's oh, yeah. irrelevant. Because newspaper you know, journalists are saying, oh, we knew he said that six months ago. So why didn't you report it? The part of me that thinks maybe but he won't be pe- able to overcome it is because now they are reporting it. But do you think like the general public care like when they make the decision? Because it's not it's not the that's what I'm trying to say. It's not the first time this stuff has come out about this person, and he seems to write it out really well. Do you think like after all these leaks, he? Yeah, touched... but I just think the previous scandals there were always mouthpieces who came out and kind of done you know damage control and put him into a position where he could get out of it. Mm. Now I feel like he doesn't have that you know that Teflon PR. And because he doesn't have that, it could affect him going forward. Although, like I said, again, I was listening to LBC 
So I've started listening to LBC at work because I, you know, I want to hear what you know people that I might not necessarily speak to on a daily basis might say about this sort of topic. Yeah. So obviously they all call in. They talk to like Nick Ferrari and um, I've forgotten the other guy. He's actually I do like him, James O'Brien. So he, they they call in and they they talk about all these these stuff that's happened. And you know, a lot of them were like, you know, oh he shouldn't live in squalor. Oh he just made an offhand comment. It's just Boris being silly. You know, it's. Oh, you know, the, why should we care about his sex life when it came to him cheating and stuff? So it's like there are people out there who will just defend him to the death as well. So, I, I mean, I'm not talking too certain. I'm not saying that, oh, the writing's on the wall. You know, I'm not going to say the writing's on the wall, but it. I don't know. I just feel like at some point mm. it's got to give, surely, right? How many more scandals can he be in? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think on top of, like, the handling of the pandemic... It's good. it has to mount up at the end it has to fail like it needs to topple there's no way you can get away with it like opening up in Christmas what was that all about? I mean the thing is now uh, the, the deals he has separately yeah I mean the, the, the India the track and trace very, app being given to his is, best friend yeah yeah yeah. sorry I, you keep uh, your voice keeps cutting off and coming back in but um, this is we're going to write it out there's no editing all of this is going to get left in this is what we have to edit every week so, you know, deal, bear with us. But, um, yeah, so there's news in now in India, obviously, in the past week or two, there's been an explosion of cases. They're really struggling over there. They don't have access to the vaccine. Uh, the UK has now sent, I believe, some ventilators and some supplies. The EU has booked a meeting in two weeks' time. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're considering, America's considering, I believe, sending raw materials so that they can make the actual vaccine in India because obviously it costs a lot more to transport the vaccine that has been made under specific conditions to India than to just send the material for them to actually process it there. Um, but, you know, when we talk about the COVID pandemic, we're kind of talking as if it's come to an end, but it's kind of worrying those numbers coming out of India because it is a different mm. variant and it just does make me think, what if we end up in another lockdown, which is an absolute nightmare for me. I do not want it. I think it's 150 people per hour dying officially um, for the past couple of days, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it is. The numbers are terrible, so there's no two ways about it. So that's a worrying thing. That's a worrying development. I think we did close the borders almost for them to fly in, but, it, it, you know, they, they found the variant in the UK already, and then the borders shut down. So it's always, as always, throughout this pandemic, we've acted on it a bit too late. So... You know, let's see our numbers. Uh, they seem to be the infection rate seem to be going up very slightly, very, very slightly. Nothing, nothing important at the moment. But, you know, the death rates luckily have stayed very, very low. So I think it was like six the day before. So, um, you know, hopefully we don't end up in another lockdown situation. But what do you think about these guys who are protesting lockdown when we're scheduled to leave it in two months and they're getting into these big crowds and, you know, protesting mm. it? What's your thoughts on that? Because that really infuriated me. I think it's stupid, but it's inevitable. We'll only put up with this for so long. Whether it's right or wrong is a different question. But when you're dealing with society, you know, you got to expect this. You know, if you lock people up for more than, you know, six months, there's going to be backlash. And I think there's only going to be worse and worse backlash. So I don't know what the solution to it is, if I'm being honest. But it's something I totally expected. Yeah, I think um, I was very much like a harsh critic of anyone who was, you know, anti-vax and anti-this and anti-that. But I'm just like, you know what? It, everyone's losing their mind at the moment. 
So, you know, I, whatever, if you, however people feel, I'm not going to say you're right or you're wrong or whatever. I mean, obviously if it was up to me, everyone would just get vaccinated because I do think, you know, that would help the, the death toll, even if not the infections, you know, let's say the infections did continue because there were different variants. I feel like the death toll would stay relatively low and we won't have to shut down. The reason we're shutting down is because we don't want to overwhelm the health service. Because if we do, then the numbers will skyrocket in terms of deaths, as we're seeing in India. So I think with vaccines, obviously, that would come into play and stuff. So I, I am for it. But I can understand, as you said, if you lock people up for so long, you know, eventually the frustrations come to the surface and, you know, people just, they don't want to follow by the rules. They don't want to abide by the rules. Yes, it's two months, but they're sick of it already and they don't want to stay in lockdown anymore. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not condoning it, but I'm not going to sit here and try to vilify anyone. You know, everyone's going through a hard time at the moment. Like the government needs to do something about this. I don't know. They need to put into processes in place that allows people to open up further, but safely. One of the dumb ones is opening up like bars. Like, why are you opening up? Yeah, uh, it's not. Yeah, I don't think thing, it's a necessary thing. And our bondage towards it is very weird. Our bondage towards pubs is very weird, and I just don't understand why that was made as a priority. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing: no matter what you open, it's always going to be difficult, isn't it? Like you're always going to struggle to keep the numbers down when you open stuff up. So I, I don't know what the I don't know what the right way going forward is um, because we've colossally messed it up in the beginning, where we didn't shut down the borders quick enough. We didn't, you know. Um, putting the right measures in place. I feel like we've gotten into this weird cycle now where it, the numbers drop, but they never fully go away. And so therefore, eventually they always will go back up um, because we've... Like, what's an acceptable level? Like, at what point do you say, you know, this is good enough? For example, like the flu level or whatever. Are we I looking mean, for zero? Because that's impossible. About, no, it's not. At this point, we've, we've, we're past zero. You know what I mean? That's, that's for countries that shut down early and done all of the stuff that they were supposed to do early. They can maybe aim for zero and get zero. But with the UK, I think it's just, as I said, you don't want to overwhelm the health service. So as long as the uh, influx of patients is not more than can be handled uh, in a way where it doesn't completely grind the NHS to a halt, as in people who have other operations and other treatments can still go get their treatments. Um, then I think eventually we're just going to come to the point where we say, well, that's good enough rather than just zero deaths and zero infections. I think that's the point that we're mm -hmm. trying to aim for at this, at this point in time. So I don't know. I mean, for me, it's not clear. And I, I, I think this is why people are protesting. And for me, as someone who reads up and is kind of educated on this topic, it's not entirely clear of, when is the, you know, what is the threshold of let's go back to normal or what for, is it vac vaccination, complete vaccination or it's not out there, it's not open. And I think this adds to people's nervousness and hence this thing, et cetera. I feel like there needs to be more transparency on this part. Yeah, we, we've said this many times before on the pod anyway. Like we, we think if there was a bit more transparency and like open dialogue, then maybe these sorts of crazy events wouldn't happen. But they are happening and it's just like i said a very strange time to be alive and we will see we'll just have to see how all of this develops and what happens and so on and uh you know like like everyone else we're just we're just passengers in this joyride and let's see what direction it heads in
Uh, I don't want to kind of long out this episode too much because, uh, you know, obviously our connection today isn't great. We do apologize. So the recording isn't going to be fantastic. That being said, um, we do have a movie review. So I think we should spend the last 10 minutes talking about that movie and then we can do the bonus episode and we'll catch you next week. But uh, Steve, I told you to watch the movie. Did you watch Mm. it? I began watching the movie. He told us to watch was butt boy yeah boy and i got 20 minutes in and i couldn't continue so spoilers alert for anyone who actually wants to watch it you know pause it here watch it now and come back but it starts off with with a man in a with his wife and you know he's got it's kind of sad reality you know he has a sad life is i believe his wife doesn't really love him anyway and he goes to get a prostate exam Okay, starts off a bit weird. He seems to enjoy that. And it's it goes off from there where uh, he starts, you know, wanting the butt things to happen. And I got to a point where it was just too much, Aaron. Like, <laughs> See, you, you really annoy me because it's like, I got just sick. watch the film, for God's sake. It starts off very weird and it's an incredibly weird premise, which is why I suggested it. But you're supposed to watch the film so we can review it. Why do you watch these films though? Like, because what it's makes a di- you say, the, you know what, I'm going to sit through it. Reviewing the movie is that it's a different movie. So we're giving suggestions here. Like if I was to say a very bland movie type, that everyone's seen. That's not really. But why this? You know I mean? Why this kind of genre? Because it got stuck in like my head because it was stuff. different. Let me explain it here. So basically, you want to drag me down? Yeah, I do want to drag you down. Basically, um, what it's about is it's it's not meant to be a comedy. It's meant to be a serious film. But the topic of it is so ridiculous that when you mash the two together, is it, it gives like a weird result. So. As you said, there's this guy who it starts off where he's just getting like a prostate exam or something. And then like, what, a ring gets stuck up there or something. And, you know, it, he enjoys it. So then, you know, he goes home and then he shoves a, a, a remote controller up there and a Tic Tac up there and whatever. And, you know, these things escalate. <laughs> and basically his arsehole is a portal to another world in essence. Right. So he can suck up entire human beings. And uh, so a kid goes missing, basically, long story short. And this detective who's like down and out on his luck has to try and figure out wh- where these people are going missing. And he eventually comes to the conclusion that basically this guy is sticking people up his ass. And, and this is uh, the level that Aaron operates in his mind. Bro, it sounds insane. But when you watch the film, it's, it's a well shot film. And it's actually like the storyline tracks. And it's like, it's interesting. The more you watch it, the more you go, what the fuck? But it it's weirdly draws you in. Like it's not a... Uh, unentertaining movie it's, it's quite entertaining and there's a part where basically the the guy takes the detective and i think his whole car and everything up his up 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 his ass basically and the detective's in this other world and there's a kid in there who this guy put up there when the kid was a baby and now the kid's like an adolescent and he, he doesn't know how to talk and stuff and then he, it's so weird he he does something like he puts chili or something down the guy's butthole or something and when and then when the guy can't hold it in anymore this detective bursts out of the guy and the guy just ends up a puddle of blood like i don't know how else to explain it's such a weird film you're like that description was insane, but like it's such a weird film and i absolutely i came across it by absolute chance it was on now tv and i thought what's it like it's just had a strange title i thought it was like one of those parody movies but the thing that makes this movie 
interesting is that they haven't done it in the comedy genre. Like they've done it as if it's a serious topic, but the topic is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But like the guy is acting like it's a serious movie. Like it's actually like he's acting. You know what I mean? He's not, he's not like he's, they're not laughing about it. They're not giggling about it. They're acting as if it's, it's seven with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, but it's about a guy who sticks things up his ass instead of, you know, a serial killer. Right. I think, I think the audience for this kind of film is like, it's very specific. You either love it or hate it. This is what I get from it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not going to say I love it. Obviously these are movies that we, we suggest because we think they're amazing movies. We just suggest them because we think they're different movies, like they're different, interesting to see movies. Right. So you can't tell me this isn't an interesting to see movie. You can say, Oh, it's a, it's so disgusting. It's so whatever, but it's interesting. No found it pretty repulsive <laughs> if i'm just being honest like no, I can we get to the no no i found it repulsive as well but like i mean just just it, was it not like were you not watching that going what is this film like uh, it's just interesting no i was intrigued i was i just i'm not gonna lie how i was they not came up with that concept and how they decided to film it and how they got the funding to film it that's the that's the maddest part but uh, yeah, it was on Now TV, so it's like it's hit mainstream streaming services as well. So I was like, you know, they, uh, like I, when I saw it, I, I kept skipping past it just because of the yeah. name of it. I was like, it's a comedy. But eventually, when I watched it, I, was I, like, I, I read this, and they, they were really complimenting the cinematography of the film. Like it was shot really well, and everything was done really well. But the the storyline and the the theme is just off. <laughs> This is what I'm saying. That's why it's an interesting film because the cinematography of it, the acting in it, and you know, like how seriously they've all taken it, is is actually like if this this topic itself was something that wasn't so ludicrous, it could actually be a very good movie, right? But because the topic is so ridiculous, it was like you're stuck in between two minds. You're like, is this meant to be a comedy? Is this meant to be serious? But it's just like it sticks in your head, and you're like, what is this? But anyway, Steve, I'll give it a rating. For uh, me, let's get to ratings. For me, I'll give it a free again, just because it's an interesting movie. It was, but it was gross. But I thought it was interesting, so I gave it free. Our five stars. Okay, for me, these are. I think for me, this is totally the kind of films that I hate to watch. So I'm gonna give it a one point five. So let's average that out then, Steve. So if you, if I give free and you give one point five, should I get the calculator out or can you do the mental maths for that? Let's go to two. Oh, you want to give it a two? I can't do the mental maths, but... Uh, oh, no, don't be a coward. Hold on, don't be a coward. So it's 2.25 stars, right? So I, we'll say we'll say it's it's yeah. 2.25, okay? So it's oh. not a great rating. It's not a great rating. It's, I think, the lowest rated one that we've done so far. Um, I think that's the lowest one so far. Yeah, it's the lowest one so far. Uh, but Steve, uh, mm. go ahead and give a suggestion for the next movie to watch. So the next movie for you guys to watch is The Art of Self-Defense. It's another it's a weird film, but it's not as weird as what Aaron suggested this week. It's an entertaining I, film. I literally watched that two, three days ago. We watched that two, three days ago. So, yeah. um, you know, unfortunately, I am going to watch the, your movie, although you didn't watch mine. But uh, yeah, oh. we'll review that next week. It's The Art of Self-Defense. It has Jesse Eisenberg and it's on Netflix. So go give that a watch and we'll discuss it next week. I guess for our listeners who want to follow on, we're going to keep a bonus episode uh, available on Patreon. 
and for a cheap price of less than a cup of coffee a month guys we'll see you on the other side uh, yeah, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? You- that was bloody brilliant.